frankly, nothing beats a great live rock and roll show. And Collective Soul did just that last night for us here in Arizona up in Flagstaff. It's a fantastic uh, live rock and roll show at the Pepsi Amphitheater there, again, in Flagstaff. If you get a chance to see that, if you like great live rock and roll by a professional band that's been doing it for decades, who've sold 10 million records plus, new record out called Vibrating, if you could, if you could package all that uh, and feel comfortable forking over 65, 70 bucks to see a great rock and roll show, I got to, flat, flat out, you got to do it, man. They're just, they were just awesome. Uh, it's refreshing to be able to, hang with a band like this and just enjoy from start to finish. We caught up with Will Turpin, a founding member of Collective Soul, bassist, uh, earlier this week. It's an extraordinary conversation, some behind the scenes with Will Turpin, and he joins us now here in the Freak Nation. On three years ago, one of the Roland brothers here in the Freak Nation, and now Will Turpin from Collective Soul joining us here in the Freak Nation. Welcome, Freak Nation, Will. Yeah, man, glad to be here. All right, let's get this over with. I'm a full-fledged collective soul snorkeler. Do you enjoy more putting down great music through your studio or hearing the reception from crazy drunk fans? <laughs> uh, it's it's one of those things that um, after, what, 28 years now that we've, we've been doing this, uh, I need both of those things. I need to create and I need to be able to go out and play live as well. So it's, it's kind of a, it's kind of, they both feed off each other and, and we like, we live off both of those things still. If, if we've been on tour for a long time, we, we yearn to get back in the studio and, and vice versa. We're going to see you up at Flagstaff this weekend with Switchfoot. And I'm curious if your approach to live music has changed at all, where you had to prove something and you, you really had to blow it out, whether you're opening up or you're the headliner because of maybe the the backup that you had or the one that you were backing up. Do you still feel that, man, you got to leave it all out there or do you try and preserve because this is a long tour? Yeah, it's more like, yeah. yeah I mean, cause what the hour and a half we're on stage, it's uh it's pretty, it's pretty simple uh, as far as how we approach it. Uh, it used to be more of an X, X's and O's kind of like, let's make sure we technically do what we're supposed to do. Now it's more like uh, it's about the energy and, and how to how to get that energy going between the crowd and the band. We we've been calling our live shows a celebration of life for a long time now, about about ten years. So it's more about just getting out there, celebrating, and, and getting that energy exchange going. It's it's not about the X's and O's anymore. And that has been written about this tour. I think it was after your St. Louis appearance a couple of weeks ago that, yes, they said something along the lines of your chemistry on stage is just on fire and your interaction with your audience is almost second to none. So, yeah, that's that brings another element of fun for everybody in the room, I would imagine. Yeah, I think that's the that's the purpose. Like we're all celebrating, you know, the, the crowds and, and the fans have, you know, we, we don't take it lightly that they've that they've made these collective soul songs, you know, the soundtrack to their memories, soundtrack to their lives. Uh, so it's about celebrating the memories and, and just having a good time, forgetting about all those um, day-to-day real, real worries in life and, and celebrating the good and the, and the memories. I like how you say the soundtrack to your life. You have such a diverse and incredible music background from when you were a kid to now and with your dad. What is the, the soundtrack to your life, Will Turpin? What is the music that defines wow. you? Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm kind of steeped in the, in the uh, originals. A lot of the uh, British Invasion, uh, 
the Beatles, uh, Led Zeppelin. Um, and then the eighties, you know, growing up in the eighties, it was U2, the police, NXS, um, the outfield, REM, all those things, you know, they were considered alternative in their day, but that's what we were listening to in Georgia. We were listening to, uh, to that stuff. And, uh, yeah, I, I would say, I would say you two and the police would be, and the Beatles would be a big, it'd be a big part of the soundtrack of my life. Hold on a second. Not REM. He said REM. And, and oh, R- yeah, definitely. We were, we were yeah. so proud of REM when we were teenagers, proud of a band from Georgia that, I mean, look, the heritage in Georgia is, is, is super rich and we're members of the Georgia music hall of fame. So it's like a, it's a great fraternity to be a part of, but REM was the first band that wasn't a Southern rock band. Mm-hmm or or soul um soul and r&b so it, it was really big for us because we were we were in georgia but we were our sound we knew our sound or what we were gravitating towards was never going to be quote unquote southern rock um but we we definitely are uh, wild out southern boys but it's, it's not necessarily southern rock uh sound uh so rem was a big deal to us because they came out of athens and they created kind of their own sound uh, and so that that gave us that gave us a little strength and a little bit of something that knew, we knew we could go for it. All right. I'm going to fast forward here just a little bit. I wasn't going to get to this until later, but you brought up Georgia and it reminds me of an interview you had. I believe it was soon after the world finally reopened and you guys were finally back on tour and you were asked about how your music has changed or if it has changed with you being a parent and you said, you know, when you become a parent, your worst fears become, oh, I hope my kids don't get on drugs. I hope they don't become race car drivers. And then I hope, <laughs> they, and I hope they don't have a bad taste in music. Dude, Georgia loves themselves some Bill and Chase Elliott. What do you mean you hope they don't become race car drivers? <laughs> uh, that was just a, 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 a proper analogy. You know what I mean by that. I, I, would be, I would be super proud if my kids were race car drivers. But uh, I was trying to make an analogy with like literally my worst fear was that they would have bad taste in music. And I was okay. trying to make an analogy. Exactly. <laughs> nope. I agree. I, I'm just giving you a hard time because yes, racing is a dangerous sport, but we do love it. And the safety enhancements are amazing, but yeah, bad taste in music. That's an absolute fear. Mm-hmm. Will Turpin basis, collective soul. That's I, I can't help but follow up with that. That really, you didn't say in there though, that you're a race car fan. Is there a race car? Do you would you find yourself in a NASCAR race or maybe a sports car race at Road Atlanta? Oh uh, yeah, oh yeah. Uh, I've been uh, been in the booth uh, a couple times in with um, with with some of the folks there at Atlanta Motor Speedway. Matter of fact, Collective Soul, the high school that we all went to, is a solid ten miles from Atlanta Motor Speedway. Um, we could hear them crank up the engines on certain certain days from where we where we grew up. Uh, so yeah, I mean, we love it. We love going to the races and we've had a good partnership with uh, NASCAR over the years, being able to play some rock and roll at some of their venues and some of their events. So, uh, yeah, it's, it's something we enjoy. Actually, hold on, man. I'm, I'm cutting you off for a reason and I apologize, but it was bands like you guys. NASCAR was such a, or at least typed as a country you know country rock country sort of sport and it was bands like you and rem and others that actually got them out of that you said hey whoa 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 there's more that exists in the south besides just nascar and country music it's us too and and you were one of the bands that did that yeah uh i guess so i hope so uh you know we just we just do our thing we create from the heart and and go with feel and 
and and the influence and the and and the the things that our music has done um you know it's, it's something you couldn't really imagine or, or try to draw up it's it's it's, it's magical so will turpin i did a little needle drop getting ready for this interview and i'm a writer all the lyrics i heard were about bad relationships let <laughs> me loose leave me alone uh, you know, I mean, is that is that the experience of Collective Soul? There's got to be some good relationships somewhere in this band. I mean, you know, look, Ed's Ed's our lyricist, uh, and I think he belongs amongst the best. He writes um, he writes mainly uh, from things that we've experienced ourselves, or, or somebody we know has experienced it, and he had, he's really good at allowing the words to be singular really to whoever's listening to it. So you can kind of make these songs um, personal to your own life, really. Uh, but yeah, I mean, look, man, we're, we're, we're positive. We're trying to, we're trying to speak about love and, and all the good things in life. Um, there, there's a, there's a few uh, adverse moments in our life that have made for good music as well. Uh, there has been some breakups in the band, a couple divorces and uh, you know, but you know, sometimes those, those moments create good art. So the one that just came out, cut the cord. I think it was August twelfth. What is this? The twenty fifth, so a couple of weeks ago, on your latest yeah. album, was vibrating. Yeah, that, that wow! I, I remembered that. That's amazing. You see the effect that Kenny Sargent has had on this old guy, right? <laughs> old Motown guy. Uh, but uh, the first thing I heard was cut the cord, and it's like, you know, go away, leave me alone. You've been bad for me, and uh, that must have come after somebody's divorce. Really, it's more of a, it's more of a uh, getting past a maybe, maybe more of a uh, analogy with um, somebody growing up, a child growing up, and uh, cutting cutting the umbilical cord from their from their parents. Oh, Ooh. all right, I missed. Yeah, but it's but it's it's tricky with way you can use these songs for anything that is in your life as well. Yeah, no, you're right. It depends on your individual perspective. He mentioned racing and and race cars, and the South is all about race cars, and Atlanta, Georgia area is about race cars. Please tell me you don't drive a uh, a Tesla or a uh, Volkswagen <laughs> Rabbit and it's a Prius. Uh, it's where we're going stop man it's where we're going yeah no i understand i mean i you know i i just wanted him to have something that rumbles up and and shakes the ground when he uh, starts it up in the morning you know my toy is actually uh it's a 2003 toyota land cruiser i like canoeing fishing uh camping and uh, yeah, I have rigged it. is It is a uh, it is a custom Land Cruiser at this point. I don't think it'll ever leave me because uh, it is custom to me. Uh, I do have a Tesla screen in the 2003. It's all touchscreened, and uh, I've done I've done what I can with my my little Land Cruiser. It's nice. All, all quiet stuff. I mean, I don't mean to take over this interview, but with a guy that stands on a stage for 90 minutes in the midst of what a four month tour right now. You noise is uppermost in your mind, I would imagine, after 35 years of the, the big sound wall. And now when you get a chance to get away, you go fishing, you go camping, you get away from all of that and find something quiet, right? Yeah, man. Yeah, I love uh, taking my fishing rods and the canoes. Um, 
and the kayaks. We love it, man. We, we go north, we go south, we go towards the ocean or towards the mountains. Me and my boys, I've got three boys, um, and they're older now. I've, I'm, uh, I'm officially middle-aged, about to be officially empty nester as well. Uh, matter of fact, that was one of them that just interrupted our interview with the cell phone. Uh, that was a dude. He's, uh, he just started college, and uh, my oldest is 23, and then I've got a 16-year-old too. So now they're loading up the canoes on their own and, uh, and, and kind of going on their own every now and then. And they don't have bad taste in music. They don't. That They don't. Thank God. Do you have the balls, Will Turpin, to tell me what a bad taste in music is? <laughs> uh, uh, have the balls to huh? Come on, Turpin. Got <laughs> you on that one, partner. Maybe oh, some really bad me. pop, really bad candy <laughs> pop. Uh, some of, you know, I'm a fan of country music, but some of the country music that's getting till, you know, just kind of run through the mill is too simple and too just, and there's no depth. Um, so anything to me, anything, it's not a certain genre. It's just anything that has real depth. I love country music. I, I like hip hop. Um, I love Eminem. I think Snoop Dogg's one of the greatest, uh, that Super Bowl performance last year. That was, yes. uh, that was one of the greatest things I've ever seen. So I like something from every genre, but it's got to have depth and it's got to have meaning and feeling. So that, that's how I'll dance around that subject. OK, no, no, no. But that's a great <laughs> point, because you've had you spend decades now in this business. And was there ever a time when you had to do battle with agents or labels on that depth and they wanted you to be a certain sound? And you're like, no, that's not us. Not really, because the way we started, we started on an independent label and we had recorded and produced ourselves. Um, and, and that first record was successful. So Atlantic records kind of, they stayed out of the way with us because the first one was successful. And they, they, you know, the, the second record, we went right into the studio after the first tour and everything, but, uh, you know, they would be there for support, but they were never there trying to tell us what to do. Uh, and I think it had a lot to do with how we started. We, we grew up in the studio, um, self-proclaimed studio rats, if you will. Uh, we were creators in the studio and we didn't need any help or direction there. And Atlantic was uh, smart enough to let it, let it go. Nice. Will Turpin, Collective Soul, joining us here in the Freak Nation. New album, Vibrating, is out now. You can get it on all audio apps across the planet. And you mentioned country music, and I'm going to try and make this story really short. Dolly Parton covered Shine, and I'm oh, yeah. always curious how bands find out that other bands or soloists are covering their music. Does a Dolly Parton or her group call you guys saying, Hey, do you mind if she cuts shine or does she just do it and then send you the checks later? Yeah, that's a, that's always a good question. Uh, Cause people think that you would have to call and get permission, but you don't, you don't have to get permission. She recorded, we, we heard about it, knew about it probably right before it was released you don't have to get permission to record anybody's song. Uh, you, the royalties automatically go to the songwriter. So um, what an honor that was. And it still is to this day to know that Dolly recorded our song. Uh, and there's a good story behind it. She, it was her husband's favorite song. And she wanted to re-record -re that song and do a version for him. That's Whoa. badass. Wow. Whoa. Hey, wow. When... When Dolly Parton cuts Shine, the only money that she would make off of that song is just when she plays it live. Is that what I'm hearing? And sales. I mean, if there was a CD involved back oh. in that day, there would have been some CD sales. But uh, all the all the writers publishing, yeah, would would go to 
the writers. Will Turpin, uh, collective soul bassist, percussionist. I didn't see this in the notes. It might have been the first paragraph that I skipped over. But uh, you talked about soul music and uh, your broad range of interest. Where does collective soul come from? That first thing I thought of was, uh, I think in Northern England, they have a, a soul thing that goes back. They play this music. And uh, where did the name collective soul come from? It's actually from, um, it was Anne Rand uh, novel, The Fountainhead. She describes mankind as a collection of souls. Oh yeah, I did um, see that. Yeah, a little twist on that. Yeah, yeah. Ooh. Will Turpin joining us here in the Freak Nation, and I, I want to get back to Dolly Parton, and that's another one that you don't realize until you do research, or you just become an old fart like me of what she's meant. Oh wow, in music, yeah. in, in music in general, a, a, just a great freaking writer, a lyricist. Mm. It's a, a really second to none what she's penned. Yeah, I mean, legend is, is like a, that's an understatement. I mean, she is really, really, uh, you know, what what an what an artist and what a career. Uh, you know, we we couldn't thank her enough. I remember she performed live. Uh, I, I believe it was Jay Leno. She performed it live, and hmm. really, the best thing we thought we could do was we we made sure she had some roses in her dressing room, and and we thanked her. But uh, you know, what a legend and uh, just a beautiful woman. Every time I see her on interviews or anywhere. Uh, she's just impressive to me, uh, and the career is super impressive. Freak Nation is called Vibrating, the new record from Collective Soul. Will Turpin joining us from the band here, Lucas Soul Studios. You're on tour now, a relatively new tour. Take me back to when the pandemic hit. Uh, you were coming off a tour with Gin Blossoms. Uh, what did the band do, and how does a band that's sold 10 million records adjust to being off the road for that length of time? I mean, I guess like everybody else, you know, we were just all of a sudden, everybody was grounded. I remember we had just played a show in Nashville at the, at the Ryman. Um, and it was, it was actually the night that tornado ripped through Nashville. Um, oh. So we were upstairs at a, at our buddy's place, Live Oak. I'll go ahead and drop his name <laughs> of his bar. And we were upstairs and uh, the TVs, uh, we're you know saying tornado warning, tornado warning. Of course, it's about midnight, and we're all like, "Yeah, sure, tornado warning." Uh, and then we started seeing like uh, power transformers pop in the distance. Um, so we were there that night. That was the last show we played in March, um, 2020, and and it was about three days later they closed everything down. And I, I remember thinking, "Oh, this will take about maybe uh, maybe a month, maybe six weeks, and we'll be back to normal." So. Uh, you know, we just found ourselves at home. Uh, we stayed on the, we, we, as a band, we stayed in communication. Um, but we certainly were going to try to figure out how to record. Um, mm. and it was fall of 2020. We were back in the studio together trying to figure out how to record and make more music. Um, which, you know, it, it's not that hard for us. We just get together and, uh, we start, it still happens just the same way it did 30 years ago. We get together and, uh, when the magic happens, my hair is on my arm. They just stand straight up, and I know I know something's right. That's easier said than done, though. How many bands have we heard about that have issues or breakups? Or I mean, wow, you guys clearly have a chemistry that is awesome. Yeah, I don't know how we can still do it because a lot of bands can't, but a lot of bands do. A lot of bands from our era can are still creating great music. Uh, and like I said, I'm fortunate that you know we can still do it. 
All right. Will Turpin here in the Freak Nation. I'm, I'm upset that Crash, we're not going to be able to bring our eight-year-old daughter to see a collective soul. We'll be bringing some buddies of ours, but uh, we'll we say love, this. We love the generations that come to our shows now. We see it a lot. We see multi-generations. And it's it's not even it's not even wild for us to see a 60-year-old grandfather, 40-year-old father, and a 20-year-old <laughs> teenager child. It, it, to see three generations at our shows is even common now. So it's it's an honor. So I wish your kids could be there too, but or you know, so uh, maybe next time. We but, want to imbibe a little bit, so it's, yeah. we're being a little selfish. Listen, I, got her, I got her backstage for Judas Priest and Skinner. She's she's been yeah. for four years, bro. Yeah. Now she's got Carly Rae Jepsen downstairs jamming to that. No, what we're we're cutting that off. No yeah. more vocal lessons with that song anymore. <laughs> <laughs> hey, look, Will 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 take those freaking residuals, man. Mm-hmm. Call me maybe, please. You're right. Yeah. You're right. Hey, Will, thanks for taking time out with this, buddy. We'll see you over the weekend in Flagstaff. Looking forward to it, man. Appreciate you guys.